Today's reading is from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 14, from the New Revised Standard Version. Owe no one anything, except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment, are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does anyone really know what time it is? That's a title to a very old song by a group called Chicago. And uh, some of the lines in that song answer a very important question. Listen to some of the lyrics. Does anyone really know what time it is? Does anyone really care? If so, I can't imagine why. We've all got time enough to cry. And as I was walking down the street one day, being pushed and shoved by people, trying to beat the clock. Oh no, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The song is actually about the importance of taking time to recognize the world that's around us, to appreciate the everyday moments in our lives, and not always try to race through it or beat the clock. In Romans 13, the Apostle Paul tries to answer that question as well. He tells us to pay attention to the times in which you and I are living, because God is at work. God is about to reveal something so incredible, so brand new, that you and I can hardly wrap our minds around it. Paul says this in Romans chapter 13. He says, you know what time it is. You know how it is now, the very moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first became believers. The night is far gone, and the day is near. Political candidates always talk in these kinds of terms. They want to inspire votes. They, they want to inspire our, our looking forward. And so they might use phrases like, now is a time for change, or there's a new day coming, or a new day dawning. It's going to be all good, better than we've ever imagined it to be, so they say. 
John F. Kennedy, in his inaugural address to the United States as president, said, the torch has been passed to a new generation. He was wanting people to recognize the moment in which they were standing, that it was a time of transition and newness, with new leadership, with higher hopes, with brighter futures before them all. He wanted them to put behind them their fears. He wanted them to lean into a future with confidence. Today, more than ever, we need that confidence. Have you ever tossed and turned in the middle of the night, trying to get to sleep but staying awake, wishing the night would just pass? Maybe you weren't able to sleep because you were excited about something coming in the new day ahead. Maybe you weren't able to sleep because you were anxious knowing what was ahead and not looking forward to it. Or perhaps you were tossing and turning because of regret, regret about what happened or what you did or may not have done the previous day. Paul knows that the news that we are awaiting as followers of Jesus Christ is good news, and he wants us to know about it. He says salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, and the day is near. As a South African freedom song puts it, we are marching in the light of God. Do you believe in that light today? I hope you do. I hope you believe in the light of God that guides our every step. A light that shines upon us and shines for us on this very day. Amid all of the darkness of our circumstances, amid COVID-19, amid emotional turmoil and financial pain, amid difficulty and disappointment over not being able to be with friends and family in the usual kind of ways, amid the tensions within households from the unknown or the constantly changing circumstances, surroundings, and, and schedules for work or school, amid all of that, God's light is shining, is still shining. John chapter 1, verse 5 puts it this way. It declares the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Paul says we can believe that. We need to believe it, because it's closer now than it has ever been before in our lives, even as we go through these difficult times. One person whose words and actions gave evidence of that deep faith, that commitment, and that growing sense of confidence in their own lives was the retired Archbishop Desmond Tutu. He conveyed his belief in God with confidence to those who were suffering under the oppression of apartheid in South Africa. And following in the footprints of Martin Luther King Jr., Desmond Tutu led protests that were peaceful and nonviolent. At one point, in an attempt to silence him and intimidate those who were his followers, pro-apartheid government officials entered the church where Tutu was leading a service of worship. A police line formed surrounding that congregation in the sanctuary, and then speaking directly to those police standing around them, police who had been sent to intimidate and silence, Desmond Tutu said these words, Give up. Join us. You've already lost. He was speaking in the language 
of the future present. He was talking as though the victory had already been won, which of course later on, years later, it would be. But right then and there, it was his sure belief in his, his living confidence that inspired hope in that congregation and beyond. Hope not in some make-believe or fairy tale, but hope in a future reality that was based in faith in God. One that was standing on their doorstep. Discernment, writes the Christian lay theologian William Springfellow, is basic to the genius of the biblical lifestyle. Let's hear that again. Discernment is basic to the genius of the biblical lifestyle. I'm sure it didn't feel that way at the time. And Jewish people living in Paul's time, they were still oppressed by Rome. They still had little, if any, voice in government. They had very few constitutional rights, as we would see them. Christians were facing imprisonment and abuse, even execution, for their faith in the living God through Jesus Christ. And yet, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, a life that by all accounts should have been snuffed out and ended there, Paul declares that because of his sacrifice, there is new leadership, there is renewed hope, and there is a brighter day. It's the future present. Like those in Paul's day, we are living now in a time that is, that is now, but not yet. Now, but not yet. A time that is between Christ's resurrection and his coming again. It's not a time for waiting in non-action. It's a time that Paul discerns is one of expectant living. It's a time of living daily in love. It's a time of living every action revealing God's love. It's a time where every syllable we speak or utter in our speech is accented by the compassion and grace and love of God. According to Paul, love is the very basis for transformation. The world needs that now more than ever before. It needs now to see the light of God's love active in the world and in our lives. It needs to see that light of love shining in us. The poet William Stafford writes this. He says, the signals we give, yes or no or maybe, should be clear because the darkness around us is deep. The darkness around us is deep. In a recent radio interview, podcast host and author Brene Brown said of our current situation that this time is one of grief and fear, anxiety, vulnerability for many of us. She then went on to say, the only way through it is to acknowledge it. Can the darkness be any deeper for us, for any of us, any deeper than it feels in our lives right now? Because the answer to that question for so many people will be a resounding no. 
Those who find it hard to get up in the morning or face a new day because of the pain that they have felt or known and the unknown challenges awaiting them in the next day. The darkness around us is deep. If all we expect in a new day is simply more darkness, more of the darkness that we have already experienced in all the days preceding it, the question is, why wake? But Brene Brown goes on beyond saying that we simply need to acknowledge our feelings and what we're experiencing now. She goes on to say, we have to keep perspective. Perspective. We must understand our times and recognize the context that we're living in. The Revised English Bible translates verse 11 that was read earlier in the New Revised Standard Version. It translates it this way. Always remember that this is the hour of crisis. The hour of crisis. The word that is used for hour in, in New Testament Greek is the word kairos. It, it means God's timing. It's different from the word chronos, which is related to just ordinary, everyday time, the, the kinds of things that we see before our eyes. The biblical scholar Fleming Rutledge suggests to discern God's timing, or kairos, is to see through the events of the day and perceive the activity of God, to perceive the activity of God in and through those events. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. To borrow the language of Paul Lewis Lehman in his book, The Transfiguration of Politics, the Apostle Paul reminds us that the coming of Christ into this world, his crucifixion by the powers and principalities, his resurrection from the dead, and his coming in the future have overturned all previous perspectives on the lives that you and I are living. Paul sees that our part in the mission of God will only be fulfilled when Christ's followers begin with how we interact one with another, with our neighbor, which incorporates all of humanity. Paul says in verse 12 in the New Living Translation, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or of sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Emily Griffin, writing actually about persisting in prayer, has words with equal value for the times that we need to be discerning today. To not lose perspective and to not lose heart. Listen to what she says. She says, it's time to begin. However stumbling or uncertain the beginning, it's worthwhile. And the beginning is more than that first stab or the first several stabs. It's a matter of keeping at it. The Lord loves us, perhaps most of all, when we fail and try again. I think it's 
the word grace, isn't it? We won't always get it right. There will always be moments when our motivation is something other than love and compassion. Some other motivations do and will continue to seep into our lives, our hearts, but, but that's not the important part. No matter how stumbling or uncertain our beginning, it's worthwhile. It is a matter of keeping at it. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with my whole heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. That's where our happiness is found. Walking in the light of Christ, walking with the assurance and the confidence of his love, walking in faith that he is the one guiding our every step. Thanks be to God. Amen.